Well, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They say that the first sentence of a novel is the hardest to write. Now, I don't know if this is true or not because I've never tried to write a novel, but it seems rather logical because you would most likely not want to begin a novel with a trite or predictable beginning, such as, it was a dark and stormy night. But here's what I wonder. I wonder if writing the end of a novel may be even more difficult. The question always is, how do you end a long story? George Orwell did it well when he ended 1984. Do you remember reading that in high school? At least I had to, maybe not anymore. I'm kind of old. But George Orwell did it well in 1984, that dystopian novel about Big Brother. And with these ominous and heartbreaking words he, that he wrote about Winston Smith, he ended his novel saying he loved Big Brother. That kind of sums up the whole story, doesn't it? Well, for Luke, the ascension is the last line of the Jesus story, for it is where his gospel ends. And I've always seen this as a strange account of Jesus ascending into heaven. It seems rather otherworldly, especially for Luke, who seems to normally be kind of down to earth. After all, for the ending of the gospel, you really couldn't have Jesus riding off into the sunset like Lone Ranger having people ask, well, who was that masked man? Nor, nor could you have the story end with Jesus having a long life and dying at the end of a long life because he's already died and defeated death. So the gospel ends with Jesus floating up toward heaven, returning to God his Father as he told his disciples he would do. And although that Luke treats the ascension at the end of the gospel story, there's actually a second telling of it beginning in his next book, the book of Acts, and we also read that today. Now, I don't know if you caught it, the chronology is a little bit different between the book of Acts and the, book, and, and the gospel of Luke. In Luke, the ascension takes place on Easter afternoon, just after he has encountered those men on the road to Emmaus and they recognize him when he breaks bread with them. But in the first chapter of Acts, it takes place 40 days after Easter. And be that as it is, perhaps Luke is telling us something important here that we want to attend to. And that is this, that the departure of Jesus is both an ending and it is a beginning. The ascension, of course, has an ending. Have any of you ever seen Salvador Dali's stark portrayal of the ascension? If not, look it up. Um, it's worth seeing. And all you see in this portrayal of the ascension is Jesus' feet. And you just kind of see the feet, and that's the portrayal of the ascension. And from this perspective, it's from the perspective of the onlookers. The painting seems to communicate that those feet that walk the roads of Palestine with the disciples will not be on earth again. And the feet that were so lovingly anointed before the crucifixion will not be carrying Jesus any longer to sites of miracles and healings. Things are changing. This is goodbye. 
And the Jesus story in Luke's gospel comes to the end with the, the ascension. And Dolly captures that so well. It says goodbye because he is no longer there. But yet, you turn to Acts in the same scene, you have it once again, but it has different timing. And it's a story about beginning, the story of the church starting. And now Luke, as you read Acts, seems to take a different tact, turning towards the world again. And now the emphasis is on what will you be doing now? In both scenes, Jesus opens the scriptures and teaches the disciples, just as he did to those two followers on the road to Emmaus, giving final instructions. But in Acts, when his disciples ask about the schedule of the future events, Jesus reminds them that it is not for you to know the times. The implication here is that the business of the fledgling church will not be to indulge speculation about the end of time, but to get on with the continuing work of the kingdom of God on earth. That's what they were supposed to be about. It's notable that after Jesus is taken up in the cloud, those onlookers stare at those ascending feet. And we hear that in that story. Until those two men appear in white and say, men of Galilee, what are you doing standing here looking up towards heaven? You know, what are you doing, folks? And these angels really do ask that hard question, don't they? They make them think. And the implication, once again, is don't just stand there, do something. And so the story of the church begins. So the ending is also a beginning. The ascension of Jesus is like Pentecost, a birthing of the church into the world, which is called not to simply stand there looking up, but get about the work that Jesus began. To teach, to preach, to heal, to care for people, to share with people to stand with people who are so forgotten. For you see, the spirit-empowered church is to be the continuing presence of Christ in the world. And I don't want you to miss that, so I'm going to say it again. The spirit-empowered church is to be the continuing presence of Christ in the world. We are Christ in the world. On Tuesday, our staff meet, at our staff meeting, we read together the text from Acts and the text from Luke. And perhaps it's because I walk past Pastor Heidi's empty office each day, the text ca um, uh, caused me to pause and think about how we are proceeding as a congregation in this time of transition. You know what? We could all be standing at the front door of the church, just kind of peering out and waiting for that next senior pastor to come. Are they here yet? Are they here yet? Our congregation could be in a wait and see mode until our next senior pastor comes. We could be like those disciples in that book of Acts who stand there looking up, who stand there looking up towards heaven. And those two men alerted them and they say, maybe you should be doing something instead of just staring at the sky. We could easily just be staring out the front door and waiting. But here's the truth. God has called us to be doing more. 
God has called us to be doing more. And, and so, because of that, we are working as a congregation to do the work of the kingdom of God. And instead, we're planning for ministry opportunities throughout the summer, which we hope people will participate in and invite friends to. And you know what? Last week, we even heard some members saying in uh, the adult form, hey, maybe we could try doing this, reaching out to our community in this way over the summer because there's apartments going up over there. How can we, how can we share the good news with them? And there's uh, people in our, around our neighborhood. And I've had other people say to me, hey, I've had this idea about ministry. What do you think? And we say, go ahead, do it, you know? We have work to do as, as the congregation. As a congregation, in transition, we can't be waiting at that front door, just staring, waiting for our new senior pastor to come. We want to be about the ministry Jesus has called us to lead in his name. We want to be about ministry of love and compassion that Jesus began. And yet, in this time of transition, a transition we are marking an end, a ending, but we're also marking a new beginning in our ministry as the disciples of Jesus in this place. Then later that day, we heard the tragic news of the shooting of the 19 students and two teachers at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. That's not far from where I went to college in Texas. I actually had uh, a roommate who was raised in Uvalde so it struck kind of home to me, you know, to think about that. It's a rather small town. And with all that, the point is that as God's people, even though Jesus has ascended, we are called to be about the ministry Jesus began. And it was brought home because of that news in a whole new way. Well, Pastor Alex, in one of his action figure Bible stories, he and Amelia and Harvey made early in the pandemic, illustrates this so well. They tell the story of the ascension and show the disciples, uh, their action figure disciples, staring up in heaven, waiting for Jesus to return, while people come up and ask for some help. There's a woman who comes and says, I'm having a difficult time feeding my child. Can you help me? And they just keep staring up in heaven. And then somebody else comes. I can't remember the next person. But the third uh, action figure person who comes says, I'm feeling really depressed. I really could need somebody to talk to. Can you help me? And they just continue to stare up in heaven. The disciples are so caught in waiting that they miss seeing what is right in front of them. They keep missing the opportunity to share God's love and God's grace with others when it shows up at their front door until those two men in white appear. And I don't think they're really in white, but they appear and basically tell them, hey, there is work to do. There is work to do. Well, when tragedies like what happened in Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas take place as Christians, often we do feel powerless and we feel helpless. And we wonder what might help. And we wonder, uh, uh, we wonder how we might help. 
and we wonder what are viable solutions that, that we uh, might be able to work out together given the context of, that we find ourselves in and also given the issues that are happening in our nation. And yet the Ascension story reminds us there is work to do. While on sabbatical in 2015, I attended a retreat at a, um, called Practical Mindfulness at a Roman Catholic retreat center in Cleveland. And the leader of the retreat was a woman named Jan Phillips. And one day when we were gathered together, she shared a story about a horrific accident she was in, um, in the desert of Southern California. You see, one day, Jan was out in the desert just taking some pictures, and she said she was standing by her small car, and which was pulled off to the side of on a quiet road. And she had gotten out of the car to take some pictures, when lo and behold, a car comes flying down the road, and it clips her car, which sends her, uh, hits her and then sends her flying, and the car kind of lands on top of her. She somehow gets underneath it. Well, she was not get, able to get out from under the car, and the manifold was quite hot. Fortunately, there was another car traveling down the road, <clears throat> and they saw that accident happen. So that car stopped, and in it were four young men uh, who came over and checked out what was happening. And they came over and saw the car and saw her pinned underneath it and asked her if she was all right. <laughs> and she said, well, uh, no, as you might expect. Then they said, well, we'll go for help. We'll go for help. We'll go look for somebody. But in that moment, being aware of the pain and predicament she was in, she said she had a Holy Spirit moment. And she said, I think you are the help. And with that, those four young men were able to move a small car off of her and get her the help she's needed. We've all heard stories about college students moving small cars, right? <laughs> well, Jan Phillips and those two men in the book of Acts are reminding the disciples and us, we are the help. And I mean that in the most positive way Jan and those men remind us that we are the body of Christ in the world. We are God's hands um, given to a hurting world. My prayer for us this week is that we remember that God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit so we can do the work we've been called to do. And I think that spirit helps us be fearless sometimes. And we're going to talk about that next week, so please come back and hear that story. But my prayer is also is that we don't grow weary in caring, in being caring and compassionate followers of Jesus, even when the resolutions to issues do not come quickly or easily. You know, don't grow weary. Hang in there because it is hard. Pastor Alex likes to call that our long obedience, um, our long obedience as followers of Jesus we hang in there. That's what we're talking about. And my prayer is this, that God will always help us be faithful followers of Jesus and not be tentative about being God's hands in our hurting world. Amen. <laughs>